Former basketball star Kobe Bryant oh, has been killed in a helicopter crash. Bryant attacking. All the way, Bryant putting moves on James. Yes! Three seconds, two seconds for the win. Got it! Bryant the drive. Oh! Kobe Bryant on a work attack. Another three seconds. Kobe lost the triple. Desperation three by Pittman. Here comes Kobe. Less than five from way outside. Got it! Remember the life of Kobe Bryant on WRAD. It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Makadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Tim Donnelly Show continuing here on Monday, the day after news that shook the world, uh, especially the sports world, Kobe Bryant passing away. Uh, before we jump into Hokie Hour and have conversations about the Hokies and 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 their basketball team, which I'm sure uh, many of them grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant, um, I also want to to put the names out there uh, that have been confirmed of the the other eight passengers uh, on the helicopter ride with Kobe Bryant that that went down in Calabasas, California, um, beginning with his 13 year old daughter Gianna. Um, Kobe has seemingly been attached at the hip with his 13-year-old Gianna uh, in recent weeks. She seemed to share his passion for basketball, and he was all about making her um, you know, dreams come true, which is what a father should be doing for, for his daughters, and it seemed Kobe was. Um, also, on that, that tragic crash helicopter, uh, John Ultabelli, a baseball coach at Orange Coast, Orange Coast College, uh, apparently a legendary junior college baseball coach. Some are even calling him the Kobe Bryant of junior college baseball, which uh, is a huge compliment. Uh, joining John was his wife, Carrie, and their teen daughter, Alyssa. Um, again, everyone on the the uh, helicopter has, has passed away. Alyssa, a teammate of Gianna Bryant. Uh, also on the, the helicopter, a girls basketball coach at um, Bryant's Academy, Christina Mauser. Uh, and and Sarah Chester and her teen daughter Peyton were also uh, killed when 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 it went down uh, with with Peyton being another teammate of Gianna um, and and it just it just puts it in perspective right there there were and, and that's again and I don't want to forget this one as well the pilot Era Zabayan I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that um, also lost his life in in the crash um, there were nine lives on that on that that uh, on that helicopter. It's far-reaching. Like it's, it, they all it's have crazy. families, they all have friends, they all have people that are that are going to miss them for a very long time. None of them, uh, seemingly, were, were at the point in life where they should be prepared for anything like this. So, so again, nine nine people. I just read their names. You know the the small bios that we know about them, um, but but uh, it is tragic in in more ways than one uh, for everyone on that that aircraft. Uh, let's go ahead and send you to to Gotcha Covered to get you set for for conversations in the sports world. Um, but again, Kobe Bryant passing and and the the tragedy of that helicopter crash hanging over everything we do today. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry, Tim will get you covered. And it is a, a day like today where the biggest news in sports is is some devastating news with, with the passing of Kobe Bryant. And, and out of respect to Kobe, the, the other passengers on that helicopter, his daughter who was joining him, 
on, on the trip to one of her travel basketball games. We're not going to try to condense Kobe and, and his legacy and, and the others on that, that helicopter into a short segment on Gotcha Covered. We'll take the time to appropriately dive into it uh, each hour during the show. So, so we're going to move on out of respect and, and not uh, try to cram him in with, with a, a ticking clock behind him. We'll take our time to honor him appropriately later in the show. Elsewhere in sports, Super Bowl week begins right now uh, as, as the Chiefs and the 49ers get ready to face off against each other. Uh, in the past, if, if you look back, e- even as recently as the Broncos taking on the uh, Seattle Seahawks, the Legion of Boom Seahawks led by former Virginia Tech Hokie Camp Chancellor, and obviously the Broncos led by Peyton Manning and one of the best offenses of all time. When, when the best offense and the best defense match up in Super Bowl uh, attire, it, it usually bends the way of the defense, whether it's the 85 Bears, whether it's the Legion of Boom, whether it's the early 2000s Ravens, the best defenses always seem to pull it away. However, at some point, the rule changes in the sport. At some point, the player development, the schemes in the sport will flip that, and offenses will have the upper hand. What we get to find out this week is if the Chiefs, if Patrick Mahomes, and if Andy Reid are that particular changing point. Notre Dame's Mike Bray, uh, basketball coach, legendary, had some interesting things to say about his relationship and, and meaning Notre Dame's relationship with the ACC. Sometimes we are treated by officials like we haven't brought football as a full member, but we get a full share of the ACC Network TV. Essentially saying he thinks because football uh, for Notre Dame is an independent and not part of the ACC, in other sports such as basketball, they're being treated like an ugly stepchild. For that, I have to say this, Mike Bray. You're Notre Dame. The reason you're not a full member of football is because you're minting money. You have all of the advantages that college sports have to offer. You have all of the money that college sports have to offer. If you are complaining, you are complaining about uh, a mouse in the Empire State Building. It is not a problem. It's one mouse. It's one little thing. If you don't get every call that you want, the only reason you notice is because Notre Dame your entire career has gotten every call that you want. Welcome to life for the rest of us. Uh, just got to let you know, buddy, it gets more difficult from here. Matthew Judon of the Ravens, reportedly uh, expected to be a free agent this offseason, uh, reportedly a franchise tag and trade candidate for the Ravens, meaning they would sign him to a mandatory one-year deal, trade him out, uh, bring in a couple of prospects or, or a couple of picks. Here's the thing I want to tell. I want to tell the Ravens. You only have Lamar Jackson on a rookie contract for a couple years. Pay your other positions now, front load their contracts, and try to open up this window as long as you possibly can. If Lamar Jackson puts together another season or two like he just put put together, you're going to be paying him $45 million a year in the not-too-distant future. Before you have to cut that check, pay Matthew Judon. Pay Marcus Peters. Pay the rest. Pay Mark Andrews. Pay them all. Pay everyone. Because at a certain point, all of that money is going to go to Lamar Jackson. Hokie fans, listen up. The Hokies lost to Boston College over the weekend. It it opened up my eyes to another lesson that the young Hokies have to learn. Yes, they have to learn how to win close games against good teams. And and they're doing so, right? They lost a close game against Syracuse. They came back and beat North Carolina uh, at the buzzer in double overtime. They're making improvements there. The next lesson on their lesson plan has to be to blow out the teams that you are much better than. A team like Boston College should not have had the opportunity late in the game to hold off the Hokies. 
They should have been buried early on. They should have been losing by double digits early on. You have to learn to take the will of an opponent that is overmatched against you if you want to go on and achieve some of the goals that Mike Young has for this program. It's not a lesson that can't be learned. It's just a lesson that the Hokies have not learned yet. Also, Damon Hazleton, a guy that we knew was in the transfer portal, he will not be pulling his name out of the portal and coming back to Virginia Tech. He has announced a commitment to Missouri. This is one that the Hokies will miss. I always say look at offer lists of recruits if you want to see their true value because each offer from a legendary coach is a cosign. This is a cosign from the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, that Damon Hazleton is a legit playmaker and he's not coming back to Blacksburg. That is got you covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Um, real quick, and, and this is something that is um, kind of cool, kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of fitting, but also extremely sad. Um, Trey Young and Devin Booker are, are two, two guys who are 21 years old for Trey Young and, and 23 years old for uh, Devin Booker. And, you know, essentially means they were one in three. When when Kobe Bryant entered into the NBA, right? They they don't remember him being drafted. They probably don't remember the first, yeah, you know, seven, eight, nine years of his career. They barely remember Mini Fro Kobe playing with Shaq, if they remember that at all. But there are two guys that very obviously had some kind of connection uh, to Kobe. Uh, last night in their game against each other, Trey Young and Devin Booker, two shooting guards or or, or guards, perimeter players. Um, each took 24 shot attempts. The Kobe that they remember wore number 24. So they each finished with 24 shot attempts. They combined to make 24 shots. Trey Young finished with 45 points. Devin Booker finished with 36 points. That totals to 81. For those of us that remember uh, that fateful day against against, uh, the Toronto Raptors, Kobe scored 81 by himself. So there's 24 shot attempts, 24 shot attempts, 24 makes, totaling 81 points by two guys that were brought to emotions about the news regarding Kobe Bryant. And on top of that, Trey Young, the, the one of those two that scored 45 points, is the first player in the NBA to have a 45-point double-double with less than 25 field goal attempts. Remember, he had just 24 since Kobe Bryant on December 17th, 2006. I mean, there are certain things that, that maybe we're looking into it too much and, and maybe we're, we're you know, putting our own emphasis on different statistics, but, but those just seem cool. <laughs> those just seem like, like you know, someone was, was tipping their hat to a legend. And, and let this be a lesson to young basketball players everywhere. I talk often about how seniors' effect on a program doesn't truly end until the last person that was in that locker room when they were seniors graduates because their effect can be felt long after, right? If you're a senior that taught a freshman or even a redshirt player how to be a, a college athlete, right? How to study. If you are, um, pick a senior from last year's team. If you are Reggie Floyd, okay? And you taught doesn't even have to be in your position, right? And you taught Jaden Payute how to be a college athlete, right? How to, to study, how to get your work done, how to work out. Then your effect is felt 
until Jaden graduates. If you're Kobe, that essentially guarantees you basketball immortality. Because if you think the Virginia Tech players, if you think Trey Young and Devin Booker, if you think Zion Williamson, if you think Lonzo Ball, these are all guys in their young 20s. And if you're talking about the the college players in their late teens and early 20s, if you think they don't feel the impact of Kobe Bryant and they won't be passing the lessons they learned from watching him down to the next generation and they won't pass it down to the next generation, you're crazy. He is someone whose who's impact on this league will go long beyond the points that he scored. If you remember what the league was like when he came in, 1996, right? It was a league where guys were partying on the road, guys were playing huge minutes for 82 games, right? Guys weren't working on their body, right? Charles Barkley was still in the league. Remember what Charles looked like late in his career? You know, and, and Kobe put the work into it. Right, Kobe put the work into it, and and by the time he left the league, there were analytics, there were people that were you know making sure your knees stayed right, doing the proper stretching, and and he had a lot to do with that. He was looking for every advantage everywhere, and because of that, right, because of that, everyone else had to look for every advantage everywhere because if you didn't, he was going to bury you. So so a Virginia Tech team. They have to look for every advantage everywhere. Let's talk about the Hokies losing to Boston College when we come back next. WRAD streaming live worldwide on the TuneIn app. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. We remember the life of Kobe Bryant on WRAD. Three, Kobe, good! Continuing to remember Kobe, celebrating Kobe here today. Uh, And in that vein, we're going to talk some basketball. Um, Hokies lost to Boston College over the weekend. What I highlighted immediately following that game and what I still believe is is this Hokie team has to learn a few things. And, And we're watching them in real time learn a few things. Right, we watched them struggle against a good team in the clutch, then come back and and beat a good team in the clutch. Right, we watched them learn how to win close games that that were gonna be close games. Now, what we need to have them learn is how to win games that shouldn't be close games. Right, we need to see them go into a game against Boston College and not look young. Right, not look like like a team that doesn't know how to put someone away. That Boston College team is not as good as Virginia Tech. I can say that confidently. Yes, Boston College beat Virginia Tech, but they are not as good as Virginia Tech. Right? Sounds like an oxymoron there, but I firmly believe it. Right? But but Virginia Tech did not look like a team that knew how to win against an overmatched opponent. They did not look like a team that knew how to take care of business early so you didn't give an under uh, underwhelming team life. Right, The longer you let a team that isn't as good as you hang around, the more they believe. The longer you let a team believe, the, long, the, the, the more and more chance they have of pulling off the upset. And that's exactly what happened. And it comes all the way down to things like uh, Landers Nolly and Tyrese Radford reportedly missed the bus to the shoot-around. 
showed up late to the shoot-around, so they didn't start. Essentially didn't play the first five minutes of the game. If, if there were quarters, it would be you know half of the first quarter they did not play. Now, I'm not blaming Mike Young for enforcing a rule. I think those rules have to be enforced, but I, I struggle to believe that if they were playing UVA on the road, I struggle to believe that if they were playing top five ranked Florida State, I struggle to believe that if they were playing Duke or North Carolina or even a team like Syracuse, that that would happen, right? This was a team that that took an opponent lightly. And, and it's a lesson that has to be learned the hard way, apparently, right? It is a lesson that this team needed to learn the hard way. In the Atlantic Coast Conference, there is no team that you can quite literally oversleep on. There is no team that you can miss the bus on. Right? It was a close game down the stretch, and your leading scorer was on the bench for the first five games. Who knows if he wouldn't have scored six points in that, that first five minutes and changed everything. Right? I'm talking about putting away teams early. It's going to be almost impossible to put away a team early if two of your biggest contributors are on the bench due, due to a, a oversight by them. And ironically, the team played worse in the second half than they played in the first half when they were dealing with that problem. Right? I think they have to learn to blow teams out. And and it's something that you don't think of, right? You think that would be easy, but it's not. Right? You have to learn how to put the same amount of effort in when you're up six as when you're down six. And the same amount of effort as when you're up eight as when it's a tie game. And the same amount of effort when you're up 12 as when you're down two. And you put that effort in until the game's out of reach and you break the other team's spirit. And you have to do it every single time you get that chance. So that's the next evolution for this young Hokies team. The next evolution is is not just being a good team. It's being a good team that is significantly better than their opponents. Not just being a good team when you're playing good teams. It's about being a good team all the time. And all the time being a good team. That killer instinct, that Mamba mentality. Right? To to, to bring it all back to the thing that is hanging over everything in the sports world today. They need someone that's willing to take the shot that breaks the other team's back when there's eight minutes to go in the first half. Break their back early. And then in in real true Kobe form, when they're on the ground grabbing their back, keep kicking them, metaphorically. Never let them stand up. Never let them breathe. That's the next step for this Virginia Tech Hokies team. Learn how to take their will and not give it back because that's what they should have done against a team like Boston College that they were significantly better than. Take a break when we come back. Time for Hashtag Hokies next. Kobe meant a lot to me growing up. Uh, I had both jerseys, 8 and 24 growing up. Um, uh, I feel like I studied his footwork game because I respected it. That's tough, man. You know. I was on the way to the arena when I got the news. Just with his 20th win of the year at home. Brian 
Kobe Bryant passed away yesterday, along with eight others in a helicopter crash. And we continue to to remember and celebrate uh, those lives here today. Uh, It is time for one of our favorite segments of Hokie Hour. It is time for Hashtag Hokies. And and I'm going to actually start by contradicting myself. Every single time we do Hashtag Hokies, I sit here and say... uh, the theme of hashtag Hokies, the reason we do it is we go deep into the underbelly of the internet, right? I call it the dark side of the internet, the Twitterverse, the Twittersphere, where everyone can hide behind a, a, a username and a, a picture of anything they can find. Could be them, could be something off the internet, could be nothing. And and I call it the underbelly and the dark side, and part of it's being facetious, right? It's being funny. It's It's poking fun at what the internet is. But occasionally there is a moment in the internet where it isn't necessarily all bad, right? It isn't uh, just a, a large group of people getting together and, and loving to hear themselves uh, rant and rave, right? Sometimes it's complex, which is a, a you know, a, a hip hop style magazine pointing out that Orange County baseball coach John Eltabelli and his daughter Alyssa and wife Kerry died in a helicopter crash um, alongside Kobe Bryant and making sure that those names aren't forgotten, right? Sometimes it's it's Shaquille O'Neal having the ability to reach out and, and say, listen, we may have had our differences, but I treated his kids as if they were my own and, and he treated mine as if they were his, right? If, if you go on social media right now, you, you know, you could argue that it is it is not the underbelly of the internet at the moment. You could argue that it is, you know, the the pinnacle, right? A, a large group of people who knew or didn't know Kobe Bryant to a, a variety of degrees, um, paying respects, and and so so as I normally poke fun at, um, as I normally poke fun at Twitter and at social media and, you know, acknowledge what it is. Um, you know, today, uh, let's give it props where it's due and, and start off hashtag Hokies with a, a tweet from Shaq, right? Whose career and life is, is forever linked to his former running mate in LA, uh, Kobe Bryant. Shaq said, Kobe was so much more than an athlete. He was a family man. That was what we had most in common. I would hug his children like they were my own, and he would embrace my kids like they were his. His baby girl, Gigi, was born on the same day as my youngest daughter, Miara. That's, I mean, that's heavy, right? That's that's people who, those two guys share three NBA championships together. They were co-MVPs of an all-star game after they had a huge feud, right? They squashed it. They've helped each other. They talked to each other, uh, and and... And that's real. So so today we're not going to say we're going into the underbelly of the internet to find conversations that we're going to have. Uh, today we're just going on to the internet. We're just going on to Twitter. And we're going to find some, some, some quotes about the Hokies that, that we want to have conversations about. We're going to have those conversations, but it's not going to be under the, the pretense that it is dark in there. So hashtag Hokies today. We're getting one from at Coach Crosby 44. Uh, he is a senior member of the Hokies strength and conditioning staff. 
Um, and he simply tweeted out positive Hokies greater than sign negative Hokies. I want to, to emphasize something here. I do believe positivity goes further than negativity. I do believe, you know, the, the, the Martin Luther Kingism that the only thing that can drive out darkness is light. I do believe in that. But I believe when it comes to friends, and that's what I call fans, right? Fans are, are friends of the program. When it comes to friends, friends have to be honest with each other more than anything. If a Hokie fan is watching the Hokies and is, is not in agreement with something, right? If they are not in agreement with, with something that is happening within the program, it is not their job, meaning the fans, the friends of the program, it is not their job to close their eyes and support the program regardless. Positive Hokies are not necessarily better than negative Hokies. I would say honest Hokies are at the, the peak of Hokiedom. Honest Hokies, right? Those friends that can look you in the eye and, and, and point out your faults while still making you feel loved, that's what a Hokie is. And you need those friends more than you need yes men and yes women. Oh, everything you're doing is great. You don't need those friends. Right, Talk to any celebrity, any big-time athlete. Speak to anyone that's at the pinnacle of their profession, especially those that are making good money. They'll tell you there are, you can find people to be around you and just be positive all the time. Every decision you make is the best. Every business deal you close is going to make so much cash. Right? Just like you could find that in, in, in fans. Every play call is perfect. Every decision is awesome. Every recruit is, is the next big thing. You can find friends like that. They're not worth anything, but you can find friends like that. The friends you need to have are the ones that can look you in the eye and say, man, you're being a jerk right now. The fr- only when you're actually being a jerk, right? It's, it's why honest is, is more important than positive or negative. You can be overly negative. If everything that happens, the world's coming to an end, that's too negative. If you're being a cynic, that's too negative. But if you're being a yes man, that's too positive. Positive Hokies greater than negative Hokies changes. Sometimes positive Hokies are greater than negative Hokies. Sometimes negative Hokies are greater than positive Hokies. Honesty. Real. Keep it 100. That's what is most important when it comes to to anything. Anyone you surround yourself with. I need someone that can look me in the eye and say, that was a terrible show. If it was a terrible show. I need someone that can look me in the eye and say, that was awesome. If it was awesome. Not someone that looks at me in the eye and says it was awesome. That show was great after every single show. I need someone that has high expectations for me and lets me know when I achieve those expectations, but lets me know when I don't as well. And those are the type of fans you want surrounding your program. People that have high expectations for what Virginia Tech puts on the field, on the court, on the track, in the pool, whatever, and lets you know when you don't live up to those expectations. Friends got to be honest with each other because if you're not, no one will be. Next hashtag Hokies comes from at Joshua C3VT. Sounds like a like a Star Wars character. Joshua 3VT. C3VT. Uh, the Hokies 
This is what he says. The Hokies were bound to lose a game that they weren't supposed to. Just sucks that it happened against a BC team playing sloppily, obviously having to do with Virginia Tech's loss to Boston College in the basketball floor. I saw this quite a bit, right? There's the game. We knew it was coming. Young Hokies drop one. I don't know why we all resigned to this team losing a game they should. Now, they're young, and they will. I don't think we have to accept it, right? I'm big on raising expectations necessarily, right, as I see fit. Coming into this season, I would not have been disappointed if they lost to Boston College. But after you play the way you played over the first 15 games, now I'm disappointed that you lost to Boston College. They were a young team. I predicted they would lose games like this. I did not resign to them losing games like this. I did not assume they would lose games like this. I hoped that they wouldn't lose games like this. So so I'm allowing myself to be upset. Just like you can as well. Let's take a break. When we come back, Damon Hazleton commits to Missouri, goes out of the transfer portal uh, and to another school out of Virginia Tech. What is the impact next? He can't change the rules, but he has a microphone. Tim Donnelly is the sports dictator. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. We remember the life of Kobe Bryant on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD. 101.7, 103.5, and 14.60 a.m. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro. Uh, Sometimes it takes a, a moment like what happened yesterday to to kickstart some of your own you know introspection and and I think producer Lobro actually had one of those moments uh, earlier during a commercial break he was walking out and he just kind of stopped and he turned around and I hope you don't mind me, no, me no, saying no, this. not at all uh, he st- stopped and turned around and he goes you know this is kind of hitting me personally because uh, and and I'm paraphrasing here but you can yeah. step in if I say anything oh, yeah. that that's not the sentiment <laughs> he said uh, you know I feel like I gotta start living life right. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like I don't like, – honestly, like, I feel like I don't use my life to the fullest at the time that and I have. And it's it's crazy because we don't have a set amount of time here. We, it, don't, we don't know what's going to happen. It, exactly. And I think that's a lot of us, right? You get lost in the day-to-day. You know, you wake up. You do what you're supposed to do. But, you know, maybe is there, that there is that crazy hobby that you love to do after work. Uh, or maybe it is that, that big dream that you want to chase, but it, it's impractical, right? It's, it's, it's not your day-to-day. It's not your regular work. It's, it's not – uh, convenient for those around you or whatever it is. And I'm not saying this is your situation, but I'm saying uh, there are people out there with those situations. Um, and, and it's why, you know, I think you have to look out for number one to an extent, right? You have to chase your dreams. And, and that's what Kobe did. Kobe's dream was to become the greatest basketball player in the world for at least a couple of years, if not for a decade. He was the best basketball player on the face of the earth. Which, which is, you know, not only chasing a dream, but achieving it. Um, and, and I know this is a long gap to clear, a long connection to make, but, but college athletes out there, listen, right? Next year isn't promised, right? If, if you want to, to chase down a dream at the school you're at, 
Put in the extra work, right? Play and practice and prepare with Kobe-like intensity. But at the same time, do what's best for you. If you want to throw your name in the portal, if you want to declare for the NFL draft, if you think that's best for you chasing down your dreams, go do it because you know the, the again that that the the tweet that I saw that's sticking with me is everyone that died yesterday had plans for today. Right? And and that's not just everyone that died in that helicopter uh crash yesterday. It's every single person that died yesterday had plans for today. You know, whether it was to to go visit a friend they hadn't seen in a long time, whether it was to finally finish the book they've been writing, whether it was to uh, stomp into their boss's office and say, I demand a raise, whether it was, you know, everyone has plans for the next day. And, and you know, staying back because it's convenient for others is is one that you will probably look back on and say, why did it take me so long? Right? Damon Hazleton committed to Missouri. Staying at Virginia Tech because he didn't want to upset a fan base or because he had a friend he didn't want to inconvenience because he had he had, you know he thought he owed someone something. Maybe now there is a segment of Hokie Nation that understands what these guys are going through, right? Because they're realizing in a completely different sense that college football is fleeting, right? Obviously, life is fleeting, and we're we're all dealing with that conversation as we just discussed. Um, but but you know college college football if you redshirt is five years if you don't is four. You know, when you understand that, you know, spring semester, your senior year really doesn't count, it's three and a half years. It's fleeting, right? Time flies and three and a half years goes by like this. And I'm sure if, if, if you could, um, you know, have a conversation with Kobe today, right? And, and, and not just the spiritual conversation, like you talking to him through whatever means you believe in, but if you could have a conversation with, he would tell you 41 years goes by like that. Right, and the 13 years he spent with Gianna, and the 17 years he spent with his older daughter Natalia. Right, and the seven months that he spent with his youngest daughter, who was born in I believe June. The seven years he or four years he spent with his his second youngest daughter. Right, they went by in the blink of an eye. So there really is no reason to postpone anything. So maybe that will give you a, a tiny bit of perspective, perspective when when players make decisions that are right for them. Because keep in mind, Kobe was was the first or one of the first, right, to truly make that what's best for me decision. He skipped college completely. He went from Lower Marion High School to the twelfth pick in the NBA draft, and and a week after being drafted with the twelfth pick by the Charlotte Hornets, was traded to the L.A. Lakers, and and you know within the blink of an eye, was starting in an All-Star game. He wasn't even starting on the Lakers. And he was voted a starter in the All-Star game. And he was, to my recollection, the very first person to dunk going between the legs in a dunk contest. Could you imagine being the Hornets after making that trade? Uh, they got they got Vladdy Divock back. Who? <laughs> now, Vlad, Vladdy was good, but he's no Kobe. Um, it, it's It's... You know, Hazleton's going to Missouri. There are going to be some of you, and and one of the reactions I saw right away was, oh, we'll see how he does going up against SEC defenses week in and week out. We'll see what he does going up against those stud athletes in the Southeast Conference at the cornerback position. 
maybe he wanted to test himself against the best. And he's maybe he's not confident he's going to crush it, right? Maybe he's going out there to see how good he actually is, and he didn't want to wait another year. He didn't want to wait till the NFL. He wanted to find out now. Maybe he has the ability to understand that life is fleeting and waiting for tomorrow is a fool's errand. Right? When, when you see athletes making the decision that's best for them, I hope now you understand why I emphasize that so much. Why I am the lead activist for players' rights. Why I want players to do what they feel is best for them. Because tomorrow isn't promised. And, and doing things for the benefit of others is noble, but doing things not to inconvenience others is foolish. Right? If you are doing something to benefit others, charity work, philanthropy, if you are doing something to make someone else's day, that's awesome. But if you are doing something just to prevent inconvenience to others, man, get off that noise. Get off that noise. Because every single person that died yesterday had plans for today. And, and it's heavy. I mean, that, that's, the, that's one of the lines that's sticking with me out of this. And it, hopefully it's something that I continue to work into my life. We're going to take a break. When we come back next hour, we will once again uh, discuss this Kobe. We'll re-air some stuff from earlier. This Kobe news will re-air some stuff from earlier as we continue to celebrate a legend back after this. 